Last week we were in Luke chapter 17, and we'll pick it up from there. We'll start in verse 22, and this is Jesus speaking. We remember that uh, he'd healed 12 lepers, and only one of them came back and and thanked him. And that was one of the Samaritans, not one of his own people. He was telling the Pharisees about how the kingdom of God would be. So we'll pick it up in verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. So he's talking about his uh, crucifixion and resurrection here. Uh, His uh, disciples would want to see one of the days when he was with them physically, but they will not. And they shall say unto you, so now he's talking about what people will say unto the disciples or the followers in the the end times after he's been resurrected and ascended into heaven. And they shall say unto you, see here or see there, go not after them nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth into the other part of heaven, so shall the Son of Man be in his day. This harkens back to Matthew chapter 24 when he's given what the end of the world will be like and he keeps telling them if they tell you I'm in the desert, don't go there. If I'm in, in some other place, don't go there because whenever the Son of Man or Jesus returns, Every eye shall see it and every knee shall bow. So you won't have to ask your neighbor if he's here or he's there. Verse 25. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. And they drank and they married wives and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained down fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Uh, This uh, day that the Son of Man is revealed, the word revealed here is kind of interesting. It is apocalypto. It's where we get our word apocalypse or end of time. It actually means the unveiling or like here to be revealed. We'll look at another occurrence. So that's how it's going to be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. That's the the last day after all the tribulation period and things of that nature. So if we look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, you don't have to go there, I'll read it to you. These were written by different human authors, but God is the author of the whole Bible. Revelation 1.1 reads, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. 
And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. So that word, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation, the word in the Greek is apocalyptis. And it is from apocalyptos, what we just read there. Um, another interesting thing here is we notice that it's the revelation which God gave to him to show unto his servants the things which shortly must come to pass. It doesn't say to the whole world or whatever. The world won't understand it. But he did give it to his servants so that they would know. So going back to Luke chapter 17, verse 30 again. Even thus it shall be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff is in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken, and the other be left. And two women shall be grinding together, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Tither will be the eagles gathered together. Now the word eagles is the vultures. So wherever the body is, that's where the the vultures will be gathered. And we know from other scriptures that this is Jerusalem where all the armies of the world will gather in the, the last time. So we've got a couple, couple things to break down here. We'll start with the last part of it. Uh, two women should be grinded together, one taken, one left. This harkens back to both Matthew chapter 24 and Mark 13. It's where a lot of the rapture teaching comes from. And as we've said before, I'm not personally a believer in a pre-tribulation rapture. I think that people will, the servants of Christ will have to endure that. So I don't feel that there will be a pre-tribulation rapture. Um, But I don't totally discount it. But again, the tense is here. Who's taken and who's left is unclear. Some people think that the ones taken are taken by the Antichrist because they think their Savior's already here and they don't stay in the field and continue working. They go off to to celebrate the coming of their Savior, but we know that He is not here until all eyes see Him. Another thing is, uh, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Let's look this several places that this is repeated. Uh, one of them is in Luke chapter 9. We'll start in 9.22, Jesus speaking. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be slain and raised on the third day. Now again, remember that the his apostles don't really know what he's talking about being slain and raised on the third day. It only becomes clear to them after his death and resurrection because they thought that he would be a conquering Messiah at this time. 
And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and loses himself, or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory, and in his Father's, and of the holy angels. So, if we are ashamed of the words and the teachings of Christ, and we don't confess them before men, and we're ashamed of him, when he returns in his power, with his glory, with the angels at his heels, at the last time, then he will also be ashamed of us. And that will be a terrible way to feel when the creator of the universe looks down on you and asks you what you've done. So, going back to that, a false messiah will rise and he'll say after a time of great trouble, he's going to say that he's able to fix it and make everything the way it was. All we have to do is worship him. But as we remember, the first few commandments are strictly against the worship of anything but God or Jesus Christ. So we had two examples given. One was the example of Noah and one was the example of Lot. And all it said was in those days they were eating, drinking, and giving in marriage. None of those things are unlawful. And in the case of Lot, it's like they planted and they built it and they continued on until the day that fire rained down on Sodom. So none of these things are against the law or, or necessarily bad things. He gave us two specific examples, though, and in most people's minds, even Christians, especially Christians a lot, because we probably are some of the only people that know these stories, um... We think that during the time of Noah, it was just really bad times and people were really mean. And probably about the same thing with the, the story of Sodom. But let's see exactly what it does say about these things. It doesn't necessarily say that they were being wicked. It gave specific examples of things they were doing in the text where it came from. Both of these come from Genesis. We'll go start with Noah first. And remember, Christ gave these two specific examples and with them some things like they're eating and drinking, giving in marriage, and then planting and building, just going about their daily lives, and then all of a sudden they think everything's fine, and then destruction falls on them, seemingly out the blue. So the story of Noah will start in Genesis 6, verse 1. Genesis 6, 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Now this is the explanation in the Bible of what happened during Genesis or during Noah's time. Men multiplied on the earth, daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now these sons of God, this isn't um, flesh men. This is angels from uh, from heaven or the place wherever they dwell. 
They left their habitation, it says in the book of Jude, and they came down and they lay with women. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he also is flesh, and yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So that, that's the limit on uh, the generation of men. You won't see hardly anyone living past a hundred and twenty years in this flesh. Verse 4, and you notice there he says that man is, the way that should read is, my spirit shall always dwell with man, for he is also his flesh. Uh, most of our sins come from the, the desires of the flesh. Yes, correct. Verse 4, and there were giants in the earth in those days. The word giants is geber. It is a hybrid. And also after that, the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them. The same became mighty men, which were old men of renown. Though there again here in Genesis, we see that the angels were coming down, they were sleeping or in some way impregnating women. And their children were, it would seem smarter or different than regular people. It may be where we get demigods from mythology. So these weren't gods or angels, but they were greater than men. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of his thoughts and his hearts was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. So when it says it repented that he made him on the earth. We jump back up there and look at verse 3. And he said, he is also flesh. So it repented God, not that he had made the spirit of man or uh, the spiritual bodies, but that he had, that man was flesh. So that that is necessary to, to separate those who rebelled in the first earth age from, so that may give them a chance to not be destroyed. So that's what this life is, a test as we live through this flesh with no remembrance of the things that came before. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. Verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 9, These are the generations of Noah. And Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So we notice there that Noah is perfect in his generations. That means he is, his lineage is unblemished. So up there we were talking about the angels having sex with the women. And they were getting them pregnant. Bloodline to bloodline, we can look at the the genealogy of Christ in Luke chapter 3 and see that he came through Noah. So this was an attempt by Satan and his angels to pollute the bloodline through which Christ would come. But we see here that Noah was perfect in his generations. His family had not mingled with these fallen angels. Recently in the news in the last Probably in the last month, the U.S. government had hearings on 
unidentified crafts. Now, other places in the Bible, it says that these angels can travel in, they travel in some sort of circular craft. These crafts don't turn when they move. They go forward and backwards without, without turning. Recently, first time in history that the Congress had hearings on unidentified craft and government said uh, that, that some of these aerial phenomenon we can't explain. They move at high rates of speed. If people were in them, it would kill them that they, they move so fast. They can go like Mach 20. Even these hypersonic missiles that everybody's going on around about can't go more than Mach 7, which is 7 times the speed of sound. And they've measured these craft that going 20 times the speed of sound. They can fly in the air on Earth, and they can also go underwater. It appears that they can cloak themselves visibly. And they have admitted that now that they've seen them, they don't know what they are. So that's one of the things that cries name by name. And this is what it says in the Bible about what happened in the days of Noah. Matthew 24 also says, So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end. So, the next thing that he mentioned was Lot and Sodom. This is in, we'll start in Genesis chapter 18. God and two of his angels had just appeared to the patriarch Abraham and he told him that he was going to have a son, but his wife was 99 years old. And she laughed in her heart. And God asked Abraham, why is your wife laughing when I've told you this? And it scared her name was Sarai then, later changed to Sarah, that she hadn't laughed. But the Lord knew that she'd laughed. And we see that Jesus has also has the power to know what's in the heart. We'll just pick it up there. This is Genesis chapter 18, verse 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child, which I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I have laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. So the Lord knew that she laughed at her heart and that made her afraid as you can imagine when someone, and she didn't know that this was the Lord, she just thought that it was some random visitor and it made her afraid as it would all of us. I bet she believed Yeah, man, she also got pregnant, so, and she's 99. Verse 16. And the men arose from thence, this is the angels that were with the Lord, and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? So the Lord also takes counsel from his his creations. There's other places in the Bible where he has a counsel and he asks the heavenly beings around him, What shall he do? in this situation or that situation. but So we see that the Lord is not necessarily an autocrat. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the earth shall be blessed in him. So all the earth is blessed in Abraham because through him Christ came. 
For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him that they shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment. And the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So there we see a key to, to why he included Abraham in his plans. He says, Abraham shall be a great mighty nation and he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment. So he wanted this thing to be an example passed down throughout the ages that he was about to do to Sodom. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of which has come to me. And if not, I will know it. And the men turned their faces from thence and went down towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Preventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and spare not the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. I am but dust and ashes. Preadventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, if I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Preadventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for the forty's sake. And then he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak, Preadventure there shall be thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken it upon me to speak unto the Lord. Preadventure there shall be twenty found there. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but once more. Preadventure ten shall be found there. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for the ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Chapter 19. And there came the two angels to Sodom at evening. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Now Lot was the nephew of Abraham and he'd liked the city life and he went down to live in Sodom because it was a, a teeming metropolis. But he was not one of the people of Sodom. And Lot seeing them arose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. Now this is the angels that are that are coming up, and they appeared to be his men. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go your way. 
And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. So at this time, people would camp in the town squares and stuff when they were traveling. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in with him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they had laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. So this is young, old people, the rich people, the poor people. All the people of the city came to Lot's house because they saw that he had had some some good-looking strangers come in, men strangers. And this was the men of the city that surrounded the house. Verse 5, And they called to Lot, and they said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. Now this know them is know them in the biblical sense, which means have sex with them. So the men of the city wanted Lot to send out the men that came in with him so that the men of the city could have sex with him. That was in a different... Uh, you know, I heard this on a radio station. They did the same thing. That, they didn't take the women. They yes, that also happened in uh, Gibeah as well. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do unto them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. Therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. Now, this goes against our modern sensibilities. But we also remember that Lot was surrounded by the whole city, basically. And uh, But in those days, when you, and in some Bedouin cultures today, when you extend the hospitality of your house to strangers, they are under your protection, and you, uh, you protect them with your life while they abide with you. Uh, this is common in herder cultures. But at that time, that is why he offered that thing instead of the strangers which came under his roof. And they said, stand back. And they said again, so he offered women to them, but they wouldn't take women, they wanted the men. He said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to Sorgen and he will need to be a judge. They talking about Lot saying he, came in to live with him, and now he's going to be a judge over them, so they get mad. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? So they're going to rape Lot harder than they're going to rape the angels. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men, this is the angels, put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. And they smote the men which were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So the angels used their heavenly power against them. Um, most likely this was a blinding flash of light as uh, occurs nine other times in the Bible. And he blinded the people that were gathered around the house so they couldn't find the door. And the men, this is the angel, sent it to Lot. Hast thou here any besides thee? 
son-in-law, thy sons and thy daughters, whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Get you up out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked until his sons-in-law. So that means that he seemed like he was talking nonsense or that he had gone crazy. He came up to his son-in-law's house during the middle of the night telling them they had to get out of the city because it was going to be destroyed. And they were like, go home, old man. You're talking nonsense. We got to get up and go to work and make a lot of money tomorrow because we're all rich. You know, the Sodom was a, a very rich city. So they mocked him. And because they were married to Lot's daughters, uh, the daughters were then part of their family. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot and said, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters. Now these are the two virgin daughters. They hadn't known man, and they were still part of Lot's household. So it was his wife and his two daughters, not the daughters that were married off to the sons-in-law. Which are here lest thou be consumed in the inequity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold on his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto them, and they brought him forth, and sent him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought him forth abroad, that he said, that the angel said, Escape for thy life, and look not behind thee, Neither stay thou in all the plain, escape into the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Now this is the plain around the, the Dead Sea. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my lord. Behold now, thy servant has found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, and thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now, the sea is near to flee into, it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is not a little one. Is it not a little one? Question in parentheses. And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing. So that kind of struck in my mind there. He says this is a little city, a little town, where Sodom and Gomorrah were large towns. And we see that today. Most of the time, the countryside is more in line with the laws of the Lord than the dwellers of the city who are wise in their own sight, though they are dependent on the countryside for their food. And he said to them, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing. Also, I will not overthrow this city from which thou hast spoken. Haste thee and escape titter. For I cannot do anything till thou come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. And the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. So he, they fled in the morning as the sun was coming up. And when it was rose up, he reached Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city which grew upon the ground. 
But his wife, this is Lot's wife, looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place whence he stood with the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and towards all the land of the plain. And behold, lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God had destroyed the cities of the plains that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrowed the cities which Lot dwelt. So he couldn't even find ten righteous men in the city of Sodom. But he kept his word to Abraham and he got his nephew out of there before he destroyed the city. Now, if we remember about six months ago, the archaeologists, and we don't always go by what the archaeologists said because they're just picking up fragments of stuff, but they had discovered what they thought was a meteor strike near the Dead Sea. They said the heat of it was such uh, so intense that it had vaporized part of the Dead Sea and it rained down salt because the Dead Sea is the saltiest body of water on Earth. It's the lowest point of, it's the lowest point also on Earth. And it, the meteor strike, they thought it vaporized part of the Dead Sea and it rained salt down on the land. And they said that the plains thereof couldn't be inhabited or growed food for 600 years. So we go back to that curious verse of um, Lot's wife being turned into a pillar of salt when she turned around to look back on the city. So if we think of the the great heat and explosion that hit that area, we can see how that vapor carrying salt could have crystallized her whole body. As kind of like what happened in Pompeii when the, the people there were turned to statues whenever Mount Vesuvius erupted. The word of the Lord is always true. So we'll wrap that up. But we see two situations that the Lord pointed to as in the end of time. One was of Noah, um, and we see what happened there. And now we see what also happened in Sodom. And this month, they celebrate their pride. And again, pride is a sinful thing as well. But what do they send? Uh, they, they celebrate their pride of the abomination of flaunting the law of the Lord. And the Lord will not be mocked. Uh, somebody yesterday told me they had just went to one of the main amusement parks of the world and this company happens to own one of the biggest media corporations as well as amusement parks and they're all on board with the pride theme and there was rainbow flags everywhere and they pushed this narrative on the people of the world the lord too far gone for man to turn it back the lord as he done with sodom so the Lord Jesus says that he will do again at the end of time. So with those things in mind, we ask that the Lord strengthens us and protects us from, from our sins and remembers us as we try to do according to his word. Uh, are there any questions, comments, or concerns? Yes, ma'am. No, angels do not have wings. That is a no. That is a common misconception. Angels appear as human. On earth, 
Um, in any time that they have appeared appeared to men, they are appear as men. They're all in the Bible. All of them are male. Other places it says they asked Jesus trying to tempt him about who a woman was going to marry that be married to in heaven and her husband had died and she'd ended up having seven husbands of his brothers. That's what you do when your husband died and you don't have kids. So the people that didn't believe in an afterlife, the Sadducees, they asked him, how is it going, whose wife is she going to be in heaven? And Jesus said that in heaven there is no giving and taking in marriage because we are all as the angels. Angels don't have to procreate. So there is no male and female, if you understand. The thing in heaven, or our bodies in heaven are different than these, but we see from Genesis that in some fashion, the angels can impregnate women. All angels that are mentioned are, are male. That's more than I have time to go into here. Um, but in their appearance, they are all male when we are speaking of uh, or they look like men, like humanity. Though they sometimes glow, they, they give off a radiance. Now there's difference between cherubim, angels. The word angel just means messenger. To put it bluntly, when we die and go to heaven and our souls, we are angels per se. And we don't die and we can act as the Lord's messenger. The word angel means messenger. Now there are other beings, heavenly beings, called cherubim. Now these do have wings, but they are not as common as angels, it would seem. And then there are archangels like Gabriel and Michael and Satan himself is an archangel. They are different than, say, the common angels. What's the other part of your question? With the whole crash thing, so you think that's not around in something? They have some sort of... Is that what it meant, like um, the craft are found in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel. The Lord comes and they are on some sort of conveyance. It's a, a chariot of fire, they said. It was amber in color, which means it's highly polished bronze. So it was a metallic craft and looked like a wheel turned on its side. So what do you know of that looks like a wheel turned on its side? Okay. Yeah. And another place it says that he saw three of them flying together and they flew towards Jerusalem. So he was out in Assyria at that time by the river Kibar. And he saw them flying to the east towards Jerusalem. And he said whenever they went, they turned not as they went. So if they were going, I'm not saying aliens, I'm saying angels. I wouldn't be surprised if... I wouldn't say it's a little green man. I would expect them to look like us when they appear. So are you saying some of spaceship activity may be angels from heaven? Yes. Well, the, the, they're going to be fallen angels who will probably appear. The fallen angels are cast to the earth with Satan at the last days. Okay, here we go. 
And there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, behold, the four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherubim and another wheel by another cherubim. And the appearance of the wheels was as the color of a barrel stone, which means they were metallic in appearance. And as for their likeness, the four had one likeness as if a wheel in the midst of a wheel. And so I remember Ezekiel had never seen anything more complex than an ox cart. And then some of these videos of these things, especially off the East Coast, that in 2004 there's videos from the naval ships. One of them was like this, and then it turned up like this and it flew. It stood on its side. And when they went, they went upon their four sides and they turned not as they went. And to the place whither the head looked, they followed, and they turned not as they went. And so, what's that saying? There's more to it there. I ain't going to continue to read. But these craft didn't, like, if we were going to make a curve here in a car, we'd have to turn it, you know? These things go forward, then they go backwards. They can go up, they can go down, they can move at high rates of speed. The Navy out in San Diego, when they saw the craft, they were flying out and intercepting, and it was like sitting there hovering above the water. And then as they locked their locked onto it, they said it disappeared and it appeared fifty miles away on their radar. It can move and anybody that's seen them, that's one of the things about them. They don't have propulsion systems that you can see, and they can move extremely fast and they do not turn. They'll just be flying ten thousand miles an hour one way stop immediately and be flying 10,000 miles an hour the other way. If a human was in that, it would splatter him all over the, all over the walls. The G-force is that type of uh, transition from forward to back, up and down, create, would be fatal to a normal person. Thought they had wings. Everybody thinks they have wings. Everybody thinks... Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what the Bible says on them. But... Anyway, um, let's end with prayer.